There's nothing quite like talking to someone about their passion, whether it's the work they do, a side hustle, or something completely outside the box. I just love hearing people share the things they live and breathe for. Welcome to My Passion Project, the podcast where we do precisely that. If there was one piece of advice I would offer my younger self, or anyone for that matter, it would be to meditate. The mental, physical and social benefits of meditation are far-reaching and long-lasting. I can think of few things where such little investment of time and resource can deliver such large and lasting rewards. That's why I was so interested to speak with someone that has a passion for meditation. And who better than Asha Packman, a meditation teacher and the president of Meditation Australia. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. It maybe even take a few minutes afterwards to give meditation a try. Hi there, Asher. Thanks so much for joining My Passion Project. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you, Matthew. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. Could we start by hearing, Asher, what's your passion? Meditation. I think, yeah, for me, you know, meditation is, is a daily part of, of, of my life and uh, something I'm, I'm incredibly passionate about. Great. Well, could you tell us then how did it all come about? What's your meditation origin story? Yeah, well, it goes back a long way now. Um, I guess uh, I grew up in a household where my mother was a, a meditator. Uh, she was very big on uh, kundalini yoga back in the day. And um, a large part of kundalini yoga is, of course, a, a meditation practice. So I grew up uh, listening to, you know, early morning and, and, and chanting and, and, and all the things that happen with the, with the kundalini yoga practice. And, uh, you know, used to my mum being in, um, in meditation and, and needing uh, quiet space. So I guess that was kind of you know, built into my childhood. Yeah, for me, my practice came about after some life events, I guess, which kind of uh, threw me into a bit of a hole, you could say. Um, and I, I kind of naturally turned to to meditation as a way of kind of um, investigating my my inner world and kind of making sense of some of the external things which were happening. From that point on, you know, really found it as, as such a beneficial tool in, in my life that very quickly became a daily practice. And from there, I I jumped out of my couple of decades of, of being in the corporate world and, and uh, followed my calling of, of teaching meditation. So that's kind of been the process. And I've, I've been teaching meditation now for um, you know, over a decade and uh, in my current role as, as president of Meditation Australia, it's really kind of the largest thing in my life right now. I guess a lot of listeners will have their own impressions of, of meditation and, you know, if, for me it, it really takes me to a, a, a daily practice of, of breathing, often a guided meditation, but I guess as, as someone that lives and breathes it every day personally and professionally, what, what is meditation to you? Well, that's such a big question, isn't it, Matthew? Because there's so many different forms of meditation. I mean, you could you could you could start and say there are lots of meditative 
practices in the sense of you know taking a walk around the block and 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 you know even reading or listening to music and uh, like I, I live up in Byron Bay and I, you know obviously surfing's a big deal and I really see surfing as a, as a med- meditative practice as well but it's not meditation in the purest sense um, which is really kind of uh, that sort of one pointed focus you know whether it's oftentimes that's on the breath isn't it just really being present in the moment and 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 placing your mind in in a single direction and be that on just simply the, the inhale and the exhale is a, is a great starting point. And you mentioned you you have a, a daily practice. What what does that look like? And does it differ day by day in time, in in style, in location? Well, I go through I go through stages. You know, I, I I um I'm not one to actually speak you know specifically about um exactly what my practice looks like. I think those things are, are kind of personal. But having said that, um, a, a lot of my practices are based on, on kundalini uh, kriyas, um, which is you know, various uh, mudras and, um, and and holding your body in a certain shape and 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 really connecting that to the breath. So with, uh, with with a kundalini kriya, I might stick with that for 40 days or 60 days or 100 days and then and then move on to something else. And we touched, I guess, a bit on your mother's meditation practice, but wh- why do you think you're so passionate about meditation? I know that's a, a tough question sometimes, but wh- why do you think this is something that you've dedicated so much of your life to? Well, um, I think I've just seen the benefits, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, I found myself in a pretty um, rough part of life around I guess it began around 2006, 2007, um, when I when I lost my my youngest sister, and then had some some fairly significant uh, health challenges, and I, I found that the practice of meditation just just um, gave me so much in terms of kind of righting my boat, you know, bringing bringing harmony back into my life in a very kind of tumultuous time so when i saw the benefits that that i derived from it personally i just felt very very called to to share it share it with others and looking at it through the lens of, of meditation australia which is the which is the kind of industry body for meditation teachers in australia and new zealand like our view is is making um meditation you know a daily integral practice for for all australians you know it should really be as um, um, something like you know, cleaning your teeth. It, it's kind of, it's almost like um, daily hygiene to me. Yeah, I, I can really appreciate that. I, I've sort of discovered meditation maybe three or four years ago during a particularly stressful work period and um, just feel those benefits firsthand. And it's something that's become a, a daily practice for me. In, in fact, sometimes I worry I'm, I'm almost a little too dependent on it that if there's a, a particularly busy day that you know, I just can't find that extra 10 minutes before I head to the office. Um, I find myself maybe even a, a little anxious through the rest of the day and I worry, is there a, a, a danger of, of being over-reliant on it? Is that something you ever thought about? Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can become addicted to anything. And, you know, even meditation in, in some ways, it can become a way of distracting yourself from what's going on in your life just like anything else so yeah you have to be you have to be very careful that it doesn't become um, an addiction you need to hold it lightly in, in your hands just just like anything I think the difference between um, a a in terms of being a, a medicine or a poison is really dosage isn't it indeed and you mentioned meditation Australia and you know really a, a mission to see I guess more people meditate in their daily lives do we have a sense of more people are and what the impacts of COVID and 
time in lockdown has, has done towards rates of meditation? Well, you know, I can certainly talk about it through the lens of how many how many teachers um, mm. uh, um, there are, and certainly we're seeing a really big um, uptick in the number of members that we have at meditation, for example, which means there's more and more registered meditation teachers. So you would imagine that there are more and more meditators if there's more and more room for people teaching meditation. And also I think that's kind of piggybacked with the science because there's just so much science coming out now about the benefits of, of meditation. So, you know, previously we could talk about it in a less tangible way, but now you can literally point to, to, to scientific studies which show the enormous benefits that come from meditating. So there's been, a, I guess, a change there, um, which I think has brought a lot more people on because, you know, previously you could take a leap of faith and, 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 and try it and see how you feel, but now people like to see tangible benefits and now we can show that very easily i guess the evidence is uh, loud and clear and I, I guess alongside the rise of meditation teachers i'm certainly seeing a, an increase in apps and other forms of i guess supported meditation is there a substitute for that i guess direct instruction or is there a role for technology to help people at home and i guess address any accessibility issues yeah, look, I think you know, starting with a w- with an app. I um, mean, you know, there's plenty of terrific meditation apps out there, and I think that's a great place to start. Um, I, I don't think you can ever replace that that in person experience, but I think that the apps out there currently are, are, are absolutely fantastic and, and, and a great place to start. You know, and I guess one of the other things that I should mention, Matthew, too, is that there's less of a like I think not that long ago, if you said that you meditated daily, it might be something a little odd or a little little weird people might look at you sideways but i think these days it's it's not seen like that and and again you know i work with a lot of professional athletes for example and it's just it's just part and parcel with what they do in order to um be the best that they can you know on the field or or wherever it is we uh we did a bit of an um i guess uh, in my day job we wanted to i guess provide some additional tools for team members to support their own mental health and well-being and offered everyone a free subscription to a meditation app and it was really um, pleasing to see how many of them actually already had their own subscriptions I guess just going to your point of how how common it is I certainly remember you know when I was in high school in the early 2000s what I suspect was pretty pioneering at the time our then principal introduced a, a practice every day called Dadiri Reflection and essentially it was a sort of 15-minute block after lunch each day built into our timetable where teachers would guide students through a a reflection or or meditation practice. I I wonder if it's something we're seeing more in schools or if you get interest from younger people and I guess younger age groups to support meditation across the life course. Oh, absolutely. I mean, my son's eight and um, uh, he has a daily meditation session at school a third so, generation meditator i guess uh, yeah yeah in a, in a, yeah you could say that but yeah yeah then that's just you know baked into their um into their daily routine at school so that that's fantastic and you know you mentioned their dadiri which is of course our own australian indigenous or one of indigenous forms of meditation which just goes to show that it's a very very ancient practice so we're not we're not you know, we haven't sort of found something new here. I mean, meditation is, is one of the most um, ancient art forms that, that there is, as far as we know. Is there something interesting or a favourite experience with meditation that you could reflect on? 
I mean, again, that's that's quite a, a difficult question to answer in this in this context because I'm let me say I, I'm not really looking for a favorite experience in mm-hmm. a sense. Um, you know, it's not like I'm 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 chasing some favorite sort of, concert or yeah, a favorite, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I'm I'm not kind of looking for a um, um, a peak experience which I then want to repeat because I think that gets you into a cycle of of chasing some high or something that you, that you might expect from from meditation i mean sure you know i've had glimpses of of things where i've kind of touched some part of me which feels i, I guess divine for for want of a better word and and, and you do remember those but I, I i'm not sure whether i'd kind of classify that as as, as favorite because it feels to me then each time i sit down to meditate i might be trying to um reach for that again and then be disappointed if it doesn't happen so i think for me I, I enjoy the practice of meditation, however it comes, um, and, and that's probably as much as I have to say. Although, I, although I would say, you know, I certainly have favourite teachers. You, you could say that, you know. So, uh, working with particular teachers who guide mm-hmm. meditations in a certain way, I find that there are there are teachers that I return to again and again. So, if you if you defined it that way, then we could talk about favorite teachers. Yeah, I, I guess uh, that that for me is really in, intriguing. My experience has always been such an individual practice, I guess, of of, of meditation in my own space. I'd, I'd be really interested in, yeah, what it's like to, I guess, um, visit a, a teacher or, or, or meditate in a group setting and, and how that might be different from the individual experience of meditation. The science shows um, there's such a thing as global coherence where when we engage in a practice like meditation or breathing together in a group or in community, we actually feel better than when we do it by ourselves. That's this idea of us kind of being herd animals to a degree, you know. Uh, let, Let me give you an example. If I went and saw the Rolling Stones on my own, that would be a very different experience from seeing them in a crowd of 20,000 people. There's a certain buzz that you feel when everybody's having the same experience as you and everyone's kind of elevated in that way if that makes sense and and you know scientifically we call that coherence and you know i'll often find that when i'm running a workshop for example particularly with the breath um running a breath workshop people will then report back to me well you know i went and i did it at home and it it, it wasn't as quote unquote good and 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 the simple reason is because you're not doing it in community um not not to say that it's meditating on your own is absolutely fantastic i I guess i'm just making the point that there is a difference when we do it together as a group um and that's just part of what it means to be human yeah i mean you've reminded me of even some studies on i think the the example in this case was people eating something as simple as chocolate surveying their sort of subjective experience whether they're eating a piece of chocolate by themselves or in a room with two people or or multiple and consistently finding that that shared experience even something as simple as that is elevated and you know in in many respects life can be better with company yeah yes i mean that's part of it for sure but you know that that kind of energetic coherence even extends even extends further than being in the room with that people i mean Mm -hmm. take take the example of if if i'm living in melbourne and it's and it's grand final week you know there's a buzz you know we talk about the buzz in the air right and that's simply the fact that there, there are a lot of people that are passionate about one thing and they're all feeling it and that extends out even if you're not um, particularly drawn to the football, you, 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 a lot of people would say they still feel that that sort of buzz in the air that week. Mm. Um, and, and again, that's another example of, of global coherence, kind of extending even even 
beyond the group that are that are that are more intimately involved with it, if that makes sense. And I guess you've touched on a, a couple of things, but is there anything you'd identify that meditation's taught you or something you've learned from being so passionate about it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think one of the biggest things for me is is to be able to sit with my uncomfortable feelings. You know, um, I think as I said, we, with with meditation, you're not kind of chasing any particular high or any particular good feeling. What meditation is teaching us is just to be with whatever's there. You know, a, a lovely analogy might be we're almost observing ourselves and 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 not judging or evaluating what we're finding, if that makes sense. So um, I feel like like a nice analogy to use for, for meditation is that we're simply, we become the sky rather than the weather. Notice the weather as it comes and goes and we're not evaluating it as good or bad. And we know that behind the weather is the sky and that's just, um, um, it's just always there, you know, um, unchanging. I think the more we meditate, the more we learn to kind of be the sky, if you will. And so for me, you know, what I've learned is, an increased capacity just to be with my feelings even when they're difficult and uncomfortable. What a beautiful way to look at it. And, and it, it, I guess in, in that sense, you know, meditation is is unique. If I think of a lot of the guests I have on and, and often we talk about passions for you know, different hobbies, whether that's cars or or work or music, and, and so often, you know, there there is that element of, I guess, improving performance or increasing a, a, a favorite experience but the the way you've described it meditation so you, unique in in that sense yeah it is and you know it's actually quite interesting even framing it in the terms of of, of what you're passionate about you know I was thinking I was actually obviously thinking about this a little bit coming on coming on to this call knowing that it was coming up and you know it is an interesting one I mean certainly I am passionate about it but am I passionate about it in the same way that car enthusiast might be um, passionate about about cars it, to me it feels a little different it's almost it, it's difficult to put language around it isn't it but um, I, I think there is there is a slight difference I mean I, m- my passion brings largely from the fact that I've just seen how beneficial it's been for others and there's a certain it's it, it's almost leaning more towards gratitude mm. you know I, I suspect given the evidence and our own experiences, the world would be a better place if we all meditated and took a few minutes each day. What, what do you think the barriers are? You, you must hear people sort of uh, talk about what you know what prevents them from from meditating. What are the the common obstacles to more people meditating and more? Um, I think a lot of it comes down to to time. Mm-hmm. I think you know a lot of people may think that. You know, I need to find an hour in in my day somewhere to sit down and 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 you know um, meditate. When really, all, all you need is a couple of minutes um, to begin with. You know, I always it's funny because I'll often say to people, lower your sights. You know, we're always told in our culture to to, to raise your sights, but um, I think to build in rituals and disciplines and practices like this into your, into your life, sometimes it pays to lower your sights. So if I say to somebody, you know, can you find 10 minutes a day and they'll say yes well then i'll start with five minutes so Mm. you know you you can hit that you know what i mean so there's not that sense of um failure from the outset yeah Uh, and and that's one thing you know another thing is is um people often say oh i'm just i'm just bad i'm just i'm just i'm just a bad meditator and uh, again i I don't really think there's any such thing as a good meditator or or a bad meditator Uh, you know there's a buddhist idea that meditation is noble failure because you can't not think. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea is just, is just to keep failing and failing 
um, and failing better in a way. And, you know, noticing when your mind gets dragged off into other thoughts and just gently bringing it back and bringing it back and bringing it back. And over time, you'll find that the amount of, the amount of, um, times that you have to do that um, begins begins to lessen so to me it's it's i think noble failure is a is, is quite a good definition and where would people start in pursuing that noble failure if we had a listener that's that's never turned their mind to meditation what's the best way to begin yeah, I, I think we touched on it earlier, just finding an app, you know, um, whether that's um, the Calm app or, um, you know, Insight Timer is another good one. But there, there's all manner of, of apps available out there. And I, I really think it's just about jumping into one of those. Um, you know, some of them are, are free and just, you know, having a listen and, and working your way through perhaps a few guided meditations and and noticing you know, which, which ones you're drawn to, because obviously there's lots of different styles. And the last thing you want to do is make it a chore, you know. So I think finding style of meditation that works for you but also not chopping and changing too much like once you've found something my, my view is to is to really stick to it because people will say to me well i'm not i'm not um not seeing any benefits and so they'll go and find a different style or do it a different way and and i think that one of the keys here is that you have to give it time so you know stick with it for for a month or a couple of months and and then and then evaluate if you like yeah um, but also coming into meditation with a, a, an agenda can can often be counterproductive i think you know i always say to people you know, surrender the agenda meditation meditate for meditation's sake you know um it's just a practice that's worth doing but if you're coming in with a really strong agenda that you want to achieve this or you want to achieve that out of meditation often you'll find that it gets further out of reach if that makes sense yeah i, think, I guess um, it could be counterproductive given what it, you've said yeah yeah it can be that can be that and and you know often i find that you know if, if it lessens your anxiety or has all these other benefits sometimes i i almost see those as side effects not end results you know, if you go to the, if you, you know, just Google Meditation Australia and, and, and you, you, there's things like directories of teachers and things that you can find in your local area and, and, and there's plenty of good information up there. But also, as I said, you know, I think a great place to start is, is simply with an app and, and just, you know, as William Wordsworth once said, to begin, begin, just get started. Great advice for meditation and perhaps great advice for life. Thanks so much for joining my passion project, Asha. Oh, it's a pleasure, Matthew. Thanks for having me. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe or share. I'd love if you could leave us a rating or review wherever you download your podcasts. And if you or someone you know has a passion worth sharing, be sure to get in touch at www.mypassionprojectpodcast.com.